Hi, Yin and Yang listeners. Uh, this is James here. I just want to give you all uh, some context about this episode. It's with filmmaker Valerie So that we recorded in early 2020 before the Oscars and also before the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we touch on some deaths, uh, unfortunate deaths that happened in the end of 2019. And I feel that uh, the topics discussed are still relevant today, uh, particularly with the recent um, loss of a cast member on Terrace House. I feel that uh, the topics of cyberbullying, um, uh, suicidal ideation, and um, learning to cope with uh, this modern world is ever more relevant. And thank you for listening. Back to Yin and Young, the podcast. We are here with filmmaker uh, Valerie So. Hi. Yay. Uh, so yeah, if you want to speak into this mic here, sure. mm-hmm. um, and cool. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Yeah, sure. thanks. Thanks for well, coming. Yeah, thank on. you very much. Well, yeah. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, because I'm here. <laughs> Um, very professional. I'll start with eating an apple. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't I talk to Valerie while you chew on that? All apple. right, all right, yeah. So, how did you meet James? Um, we were trying to remember that. I think it was at one of the Asian American film festivals up here in San Francisco. So it was probably Canfest, and I don't even know, maybe ten years ago. Seems like a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Wow. So. And then what brings you down to L.A.? I know you're not from L.A., so... Yeah, I'm here to show my, my newest movie, which is Love Boat Taiwan. Um, it's a documentary. And so I'm just, like, touring it around at this point. So it played uh, at a local art gallery down here in, in Los Angeles yesterday. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then wow. I know we were talking about that before um, mm-hmm. we started recording. Uh, did you, you went on the Love Boat in college? Yeah, I went on a love boat in college um, a and long did you time find ago. Love? Uh, what did sta- you- happens in Taiwan stays in Taiwan. That's what I always say. Uh, <laughs> I found a love for Taiwan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I know in, in college, when I went to UCSD, also in the 90s, uh, a bunch of my friends, uh, not all of them, but a, a few of my Asian American friends, like the Taiwanese guys, mm-hmm. they, they totally were talking about the love boat. Yeah, it was and, a big um, deal in the 90s. You know, definitely like a thing in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. How did you find out about it? I don't even, I never asked my friends how they found out about it, but they all knew. I can't remember, (laughs) honestly. I'm sure like my parents or something figured it out. um, It's through the Chinese, uh, you know, news system. Yeah, it's like the Chinese mafia, right? You just, I don't know. Because it wasn't advertised or anything. It's not like there was, you know, a call for applications or anything. So. I mean, probably my parents found out it was like a really cheap trip. Like it was when I uh-huh. went, I want to say it was four hundred dollars for six weeks plus airfare. Oh wow! That's yeah. super like, cheap. Yeah, super cheap, and that included all your like room and board and travel, except getting to Taiwan. You had to pay right. your your way to Taiwan. 
So did you? Do you still? Um, did you make a lot of friends and did you like keep in touch with any of the friends that you made on the boat? I didn't really keep in touch with them, but when I started making the movie, then I started to get re reconnect with them. So, um, so there's a couple. I think there's a, uh, at least one person in the movie who went the same year as me. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna just move these tables a little closer. Okay. And James, did you go? I did not. I watched. I watched the Love Boat recently when uh, Valerie had a screening at uh, El Monte. El Monte, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I watched. Maybe, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Maybe we should explain what the Love Boat is. I, I don't think. I think sure. it's a very. It's like we're, we're talking like everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Love Boat was a program. Set up by the uh, the then uh, uh, KMT government that ran uh, Taiwan, like the ruling party, the ruling party for, uh, for a long time until until Chen Shui-bian won in the nineties. So the Love Boat was a program to get overseas Chinese from all parts of the world, not just America, to visit Taiwan, not on a boat, but like a, by plane. No <laughs> and, boat. No boat. Literally, but. Uh, men, women, uh, young men, women, boys, girls, to visit Taiwan uh, for cultural exchange. And they would take them to uh, see military uh, compounds, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, cultural stuff. Cultural stuff, Like yeah. the National Palace Museum, you know. And then we also supposedly learned Mandarin. <laughs> supposedly, <laughs> and, yeah. And like, you know, brush painting and stuff and martial arts. So, yeah. And it was mostly <laughs> college age. There were some people who went when they were like a little younger, like maybe high schoolish, but they were yeah. really aiming for that sweet side of people who were in college. Mm. Yeah, and so, so you know, the government sold it as like a cultural trip, but quickly it became apparent when you have like eight hundred or a thousand college-age people away from home for six weeks together for a while, it turns into the love boat. <laughs> so you know, yeah. yeah. So people hooking up, right? And people hooking up, yeah. And I think that, um, I think after a while, the government knew that, and they still kind of, they didn't actively promote it as that, but they didn't discourage it either. So I think that <laughs> right. they knew that that was kind of a way to get people to come. Okay. Yeah. Did the moniker Love Boat come, like, obviously not at the start of the program, which no. was in the 60s, I 60s, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, when I went in the 80s, I don't think it was called Love Boat. It was called, oh. like, the study tour. It was a really long, long name that... Nobody even remembers. My, when I went, it was something like Overseas Chinese Youth Language Study Tour and something to <laughs> the Republic of China or something. Yeah, know, yeah, something yeah, yeah. really super long name. And it changed every few years according to like, like it changed to Formosa at one point. Oh, wow. It changed to Taiwan. It changed, uh, yeah, really crazi. It was like Huayi, like Huayi means Overseas Chinese Huayi. Yeah. Jiao Huan, blah, blah, blah. So basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, of course, the nickname was... Um, uh, Chinese, I mean, uh, American Canada camp. So, Meijin, Meijin, whatever. Camp. Oh, oh, Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so it wasn't, it wasn't, because it was mostly kids from North America. But it's in Jintan, right? right? It's in Jintan, yeah, in, in northern Taipei. In northern Taipei, near the Siling Night Market. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I always pass, I used to live near there, and I oh, passed yeah. by the overseas, I, like, I didn't go, because, like, when I, I was like, I, I was planning to live in Taiwan after college. Right. So I think the idea of going to Love Boat was like, it seems a little bit redundant yeah. for me. Cause I, and also I have family in Taiwan. Yeah. So like, it seemed like it was geared for like, like 
like let's be honest, like bananas a little yeah, bit. People yeah, people who didn't know so much about it. <laughs> yeah, because then they could brainwash you more easily into believing their what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, propaganda. The propaganda. The can't see. Is it still going? Kind, not really. No, I mean it has no. like a little tiny version now. Because when I went, it was eight hundred people, and then in the nineties, it was like twelve hundred people, and then now it's yeah. like a hundred people, yeah. and it's only three weeks. So it's really not the same thing. Yeah, and. Did so, you know- the Koreans actually have a version of it too. Yeah, yeah. Benson Lee made a movie right. about it. Soul searching. Yeah, um, I actually yeah. asked him to come on, but he's he's super swamped too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were trying to find a Korean. We were trying to find a Korean for this topic. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry. Yeah, Dan, you had another question. Um, oh no, that was that was the. It, I, I mean, that was. Well, have you heard good question. things about like the Korean version, or was it also same? Was it also like? People hooking up, or have you heard much about it? I mean, I only know about it because of soul searching. I'm gonna oh. <laughs> take, take my spitter and actually show you the sweater because this is like the swag. Oh, you got <laughs> swag. We got swag here. You can. Oh wow! What? Love boat. Oh, nice. We'll have a uh, for for our people listening on iTunes or Spotify. She's showing a love boat sweater. We'll have a link. <laughs> you can buy them for the merch below. Yeah. <laughs> Support yeah. the film. Independent There's like filmmaking. T-shirts, yeah. and sweaters, and and tote bags and stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had this giant, two giant crowdfunding campaigns. And so this is the stuff we made to give away as, you know, the, the perks. Yeah, and Valerie was a, a big help. She she kind of coached me for before I started my Kickstarter, oh, or during yeah. my Kickstarter campaign. Right, so, right, yeah. So, I, so yeah, special thanks for that. Yeah, because yeah. it's a lot of work. It's crazy, it's yeah. super crazy and stressful. Yeah, but Dan, sorry, you had a you had another follow-up I, I, before I, I interrupted? I think so. Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. These... These days, my memory's very bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually reading a memory book right now, uh, like Moonwalking with Einstein. Have no. you guys heard of it? No. Yeah, it's no. basically a guy, a journalist, he starts, uh, he starts preparing for the memory championships where they memorize decks of cards and hundreds of digits and numbers and stuff. And it's interesting. It's basically uh, using sp- spatial awareness as a, way, as a memory trick. Like hmm. memory palaces. Like where you're sitting? Uh, or like yeah, that? or like you, you can do that. Or mm-hmm. um, some people attach emotions to certain things. Like if it's like, oh, if it's a poem they want to remember, they'll say, okay, this first section is reminds me of sadness, blue, or something like oh, that. So it's ba- yeah. So it's kind of like you know what synesthesia is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically like connecting multiple uh, senses for right. a particular uh, object or thing that you mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Or like if you touch something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. So, smell. So it's interesting because yeah. like when I, when I hear, when I visit a place, I, I was listening to an audio book before, it'll trigger a memory of like, oh, this is, I remember I was listening to, uh, you know, oh, that Stephen King book on Audible at that time, yeah. blah, 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 something like that. For sure, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so he talks about like actually like, using memory palaces to like place your memories like in, in with your mm-hmm. imagination it's interesting yeah. yeah yeah i mean they say like if you're taking a class you should sit in the same seat that you've been sitting in so when you take the test oh it's like it's the, it, yeah same it kind of tricks you yeah, 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 yeah it makes yeah. you remember whatever it is you were supposed to remember so. yeah. yeah but uh yeah i guess uh pivoting to like uh one thing that i was interested in is some of your writing that you do oh, yeah. or your blog mm-hmm. or on uh beyond Asia, uh, Asiaphilia? Yeah, beyondasiaphilia.com. Yeah, yeah. beyondasiaphilia. And uh, how long has that blog been going? You know, it's been since like 2008. That's great. It's weird. It's yeah. crazy because it's like I didn't think it would be that long. When you start, you know, it's just like, oh, I just want to write whatever right. comes into my head. And yeah, it's, it's weird. 
Because you were filmmaking much longer, right? Yeah, since I was in college. So, you know, same time as Lumpo. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's my main thing is making movies. And then the blog thing, I don't even, oh, you know what? It was because I was fangirling on this Hong Kong actor, Francis Ng. Okay. We tell you. And, um, and uh, yeah, and I was, like, writing to my friends about all those movies that I loved. And they said, you should just blog, dude. And so, <laughs> and so I did. And so it started out being just about like this actor. And then it started to expand more to like Hong Kong movies and then Asian American like art and activism and music and, you know, and so it's just like become like this great place that I can write about whatever I want. Cause there's mm. no, you know, when you, it, like when you had to publish stuff, you had to like, it has to go through many layers. Right. So the blogging thing is just like immediate. You write it, you post it, it's there. But I never thought that people would want to read it. <laughs> oh it got popular, like when your post had like 40 comments and like a yeah. bunch of thousand views. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was longer though, because long ago people used to comment more on blogs. Now right. they do so much. Yeah, not so much now. Yeah. But but still people do read. I mean, I get hits every day, so it's not like, it, it's weird. It's strange. Yeah. How often do you write for that blog? What's that? How often do you write for that blog? How do you, how often do you post an Oh, article? you know, it varies. I mean, sometimes it just, like I said, it's just whenever I feel like writing something. So sometimes it's like once a week, sometimes once a month, sometimes it's every three months, mm. you know? I mean, probably like at the peak of when I used to write, it would be like once a week. You know? Wow. And that's... That's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but they're short. They're only like 500 words. And a lot of them are just movie reviews, you know, like I see a movie and I... Oh, I saw your It Man review. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it Man 4. Have right. you seen that, Dan? No. It's, uh, no. Uh, you might appreciate it, but it's it's it's, it's so... It's, it's, it's big cheese, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's like... <laughs> Big, big racist whitey looks down on on big, Chinese kung fu. Bad acting whitey. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's a super. It's really awful. He's super real. He's super good at Japanese martial arts or karate. Jack karate. karate. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so karate, so Japan still becomes like the bad guy. Like somehow, like they still sneak in the anti Japanese right, right, right. sentiment. Just they want, you know, it's like getting the jab in against Japan. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's completely diverged from history at this point, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean come Bruce on. Bruce Lee's in it. Bruce Lee's in it, and he has a fight in the alleyway with some other bad guy. Like, that was ridiculous. Like, where did this guy come from? Why is this random karate guy in the alley challenging Bruce Lee? It makes you know, sense. Did you watch the, um, the spinoff from It Man? Oh, Z-Man? Or whatever. I don't know what it was. It was on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. there's like Z-Man. It's like the other guy that does Wing Chun. I think it yeah. was the guy that he fought in Ip Man 3. I don't yeah. watch TV, so I don't know. Man, that's too yeah. much. That's too much to keep track of. I mean, the that's movies true. themselves are hard enough to keep track of with that. Yeah. 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 But yeah, before we get into it, um, just a little bit of background about yourself. You're oh, yeah. Chinese-American. I'm Chinese-American, but I went on Love Boat because at that time when I went, Taiwan thought everybody was Chinese. Like the government just said you were Chinese, even though if you're Th there was no idea of being Taiwanese. Are you ch like so? Let's break this down. What kind of Chinese are you? I'm <laughs> from Guangzhou. Guangzhou. Cantonese. Guangzhou. Cantonese. So your family speaks Cantonese. My family speaks Toisan. Oh wait, wait. So your family's from Toisan. Toisan. Yeah, they're actually Toisanese. Oh. So you know, I mean, yeah. So I mean, if you want to be really specific. Both both sides of your parent. You I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think speak slightly different dialects. Like my dad speaks Samyup and my mother speaks Seyup. So it's third, huh. third, third dialect or fourth dialect. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's close enough, right? So it's it's sort of a variation of Cantonese, mm. except it's like more country, like kind of like Taishan is kind of like the Mississippi of Guangzhou. <laughs> so you can just imagine, right. yeah. 
Yeah, Toy Sa- a lot of people from Toy Sai moved to the U.S. Yeah, from the Pearl River Delta. The first wave of Chinese immigrants tended to be from that area. And I, I guess because it's close to the ocean, and probably there was like some famine or something happening at that time. Mm. And then once one person goes, right, then a bunch oh, of Oh, chain migration. Chain migration, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and you grew up uh, where? I grew up in the Bay. Okay, so, San Francisco? Or? Uh, no, in this horrible suburb of, <laughs> of San Francisco called Pinole in Contra Costa mm. County. Oh, yeah, although I was yes. born in Berkeley, you know, I was born in oh, Ber- oh. Oakland or Berkeley or something. But my dad's from Berkeley. Like he was born, he was born and raised in Berkeley. So I'm fourth, oh. I'm fourth generation on my dad's side. Wow. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my grandmother was born in the U.S. Oh, okay. on your dad's side. Yeah, and the third on my mom's side. Oh wow. Because we're from that like that early wave of Chinese immigration. Right, Toy Song. Okay, yeah, Toy I get it. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's crazy. The 49ers. The, uh, maybe a little after that. I yeah. would say maybe like, you know, right around the turn of the 20th century, though, for sure, I think. Yeah. I'm not talking about the... Uh, not the football. Not the football team, but like the, the gold rush. <laughs> the gold yeah. rush people. Yeah. So, but, so, yeah, but that's why even... But no, so my family never has lived in Taiwan, but going back to Taiwan. <laughs> but my mom's family was really active, active in the nationalists, the KMT party in China. Like huh. when it was, you know, what's his name? Sun Yat-sen. <laughs> Chiang Kai-shek, Sun Yat-sen. Chiang Kai-shek, yeah. when they were buddies, right? When they were still friends. They, they're Cantonese dudes. The First dudes. Republic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cantonese-speaking dudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, here's what I say. This is what I think. So if my mom's family had not come over in the 1920s or 10s, right, they either would have uh, stayed in Taiwan, in China, and then when the KMT lost in 1949 to the communists, then they would have gone to Taiwan. Oh. So, you know, but they moved, they migrated before that. Oh. So I think that that's, yeah, Yeah. I think that that's probably why, one of the reasons why I got into Love Boat, because there's probably some list somewhere. (laughs) Who are the nationalist families in the U.S.? And like my mom's family is probably on that list. Okay. Because there's no, they don't tell you what the criteria is of what gets you into Love Boat. What gets you selected. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's guesses. Yeah, I think the only criteria is you could not have been born in Taiwan or China in, at the, oh. in the beginning. Yeah, but then they started, I know they started looking for people from Ivy Leagues. Oh, geez. <laughs> Smart kids, like, and then from the UCs, right? So you got a little leg up with that. That's interesting, because in my Taiwanese circles, we had, like, Taiwanese youth camp or um, in America. Mm-hmm. And, but um, a lot of those people were green. They yeah, were, that's right, because they were the ones who got exiled. So that's why I love boat. Like parent, my parents never really pushed me to do love boat, right. even though we had heard about it. Yeah. But I think there's a party division. Yeah. Like love absolutely. boat is very blue, which is KMT. Right, right. And then you know we had the youth camp stuff like that, which yeah. is more like oh you learn about Taiwanese independence. Right. <laughs> yeah, and democracy. And right? democracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of those people were the ones who came over to go to school here, and then they either couldn't get back into Taiwan because they were banned, right? Yeah. Or, or they didn't want to go back because yeah. they didn't want to be thrown in jail because it was during martial law. Yeah, So, yeah. yeah, so that's like a whole other separate thing, yeah. So you grew up um, in, I know in the doc you mentioned you, in the interview you mentioned you grew up in a mostly white neighborhood then? Yeah, in Penal. Uh, <laughs> okay. In Penal, yeah. So that, do you think that kind of maybe, when did this like, Asian identity formation happened for you, I guess, Asian American. You know, I went to UCLA and I started to take Asian American studies classes. So probably around then, but that's right around the same time as Love Boat too, right? Oh, interesting. (laughs) I'm not sure like if there was like, if Love Boat was the, I don't think Love Boat was the thing that started me thinking about that, but it definitely helped me more think about like Asian American identity. Uh, Yeah. Because I was always kind of interested in that when I was in college anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But it just kind of made it even more. 
Do you have to apply for Love Boat? Yeah, there's some vague <clears throat> application process that is like very generic. You know, you put and your name, you, know, you put the province your family's from, you put <laughs> maybe what school you're from, <laughs> your age, and if you have no infectious diseases, you can't have infectious <laughs> diseases. Right. So, right. and I, I think that's right. still I think that's still like the application today. Oh wow. Yeah, maybe maybe not the um the what college part, but yeah, but definitely <clears throat> the infectious diseases thing. Do people get rejected? Yeah, in the day, back in the day, they used to get rejected a lot. My, like my sister, my younger sister applied, I want to say like the year after I went, and she didn't get in. What? Oh. Yeah. But she was at San Diego State, not, and I was at UCLA. <laughs> oh. So you see what I'm saying here? They're, they're like, like, oh, we're yeah. looking at the school. Yeah. Mm. Although I was told that she reapplied the second time, she probably would have gotten in. Yeah. But it was definitely impacted. Yeah, for oh. sure. Yeah. And so a lot of people would pull strings. So then if you were in like the KMT families, you would, you know, call up, hey, my nephew wants to go on this trip. Can you please talk, <laughs> talk to the general and get him in? And I've talked to some people who said, yeah, that's how I got in. My, my parents just called up their friend. And then you studied film at UCLA or? I studied art. Studied art? I got oh, an MFA okay. in, in, in fine arts. Fine yeah. arts, okay. Yeah, because I couldn't get into film school because my um, grades You're were great. too low. <laughs> <laughs> You got to UCLA, though. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. I was yeah. a pre-bio major. Oh, <laughs> can I get my water? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, for pause for a second. Right, just make my water. Okay. I'm gonna turn off my VPN, so if I get disconnected, I'll call you right back. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on a VPN, Dan. Like, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you calling from China? <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, then, uh, just. <laughs> Brief, just briefly about your, your when did the filmmaking like kind of get, get become like basically seems like yeah your life career when yeah. I was an undergraduate you know I mean like I said I wanted to be in the film department but I couldn't get in so then I uh, started taking art classes and it was more like experimental video like art videos which was great because then you could make these really short unusual things as opposed to be learning conventional filmmaking which is what they probably would have taught me at UCLA you know just like narrative filmmaking three-part structure or documentary, you know, just straight, straight stuff. So by in, being in the art department, it was a lot more uh, creative for me. And also, I was also doing a lot of Asian-American activism at that time. Oh, so cool. it all kind of meshed together really well. Yeah. So in some ways, it was good that I had terrible grades. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of it kind of guided you to your career Got choice, me to where I'm going. Yeah. yeah, and then I went to art school for my MFA, and, you know, and then I came back and I was, you know, I worked for no money in an office for a long time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, but I was always making little short films. Okay. So, yeah. so like the, your fine arts, uh, there was kind of like a push for you to like, oh, mess with different medias. Or yeah, media. oh, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. And just, you know, being more um, like, like literally like experimental with the way that you make the movie, you know, uh, so you weren't just making like a straight documentary or like a fiction film. Yeah. So like more artsy stuff. Like one of the very earliest things I made were all just like hand drawn images shot live on, in a notebook and I would just turn the page and draw the next thing. Oh, very cool. So yeah, you know, it was fun. Yeah. And also that was also partially because they had really cheap equipment in the art department. So you had to be really kind of imaginative with what you did you know they didn't have nice cameras or anything right and there yeah. was no i mean the editing systems were non-existent or really crummy okay so it wasn't like now where you have like you can shoot on your laptop yeah or edit. your phone yeah yeah. yeah yeah i mean i don't think people even can like understand how terrible it used to be so so uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah so i just kind of like went with that lo-fi aesthetic 
instead, instead of like complaining about it, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, so, yeah, go ahead. How long, are you, how long are you in town for? I'm only here till uh, Monday, tomorrow. So I got in on Friday. I had a screening on Saturday. And then um, I went to the Korean spa this morning. <laughs> and I got exfoliated. So. Nice. Oh, I should do that. Which, which Korean? Is it in K-Town? Or yeah, I went go? to Wee Spa. Okay. Oh, yeah. Really good. Yeah. You recommend it? You liked it? Yeah, it's good. It's great. All right. All right. Hey, sponsor us, We Spa. <laughs> yeah. There's some really strong Korean ladies there who scrub you really hard. Okay. And, she, and I got a massage too, so that's You have really a coupon? Good. I might go. She, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no coupon. But it's not that. I mean, it's the same price as the other ones. Okay. I guess it was on Conan. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Oh, is that the one with Stephen Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. 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 But it's still, it's, you know, reasonably priced. I mean, it's the same price as the other ones. Yeah. So, uh, Speaking of Koreans, <laughs> when did this K-pop sort of so so one so one reason uh, uh, I I wanted to get together because I, mm -hmm. I read one uh, your one of your most recent posts before the Ip Man one right. uh, was the, about compressed modernity about stars falling from the sky, right, Solo right. and Guhara, uh, the mm -hmm. suicides that happened uh, last year, early uh, late last year, yeah. so a few months ago, and. Um, I, I noticed from a previous post that it was CN Blue that kind of sparked your interest in K-pop. Yeah, back yeah, in 2016, yeah. 17, I guess. I want to yeah, say 2015 now. 2015, well, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, so this is actually also tied into Love Boat, weirdly enough. Oh, weird. Okay. Because um, so I got this Fulbright, right, Fulbright Fellowship to go to Taiwan and shoot the film in 2016, of the summer, and that means you could bring your whole family. So I brought my oh, husband dope. and my two kids, who were at that time teenagers. And we wanted to kind of brush up on our Mandarin, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I said, okay, let's find some dramas, like Taiwanese dramas to watch. And so my kid's looking around, and instead of Taiwanese dramas, she came across like these Korean dramas that she really wanted to watch. And I said, no, no, <laughs> Mandarin, we gotta fight like Mandarin. And she said, no, these are better. Chincha? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. So we really started, she started watching these. We watched a couple of them. And then there was one called You're Beautiful, which is like from 2009 or something old and one of the people in it was Zhang Yang Wang who is the lead singer the leader of CN Blue and so uh, you know then I sort of thought okay who's this person who's and, this beautiful man yeah let's let's be real yeah <laughs> who's this talented actor <laughs> who's also really good looking um and so then I started you know looking on it you know what you do you go on like YouTube and you find who these people are and started listening to their tunes, and I just really like them because they're like a rock band. You know, they're not really like a typical K-pop band. They don't dance. They don't play like EDM. And so for me, that was really interesting because I, I don't even—I have to say—I don't really even like K-pop music that much. <laughs> like I don't listen to K-pop. I mean, but I think it's a really interesting phenomenon, like culturally. Culturally, yeah. yeah. Except CM Blue, I do love CM Blue mm -hmm. because they play rock music. Primarily, and they actually like play instruments and stuff. Because right. you know, when I was, I mean, I I always listened to like, like punk rock and new wave and okay. power pop and stuff, you know, and indie rock. So it just really fit into like the stuff that I'm interested in. Mm. Yeah. So, so that's how that was my gateway drug. Your gateway drug, and yeah. then what? One thing that you mentioned in that article about CM Blue was like, mm. which was a fairly popular article I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that uh, once those fans find your posts online, yeah. they share it with everybody, and then they all come and read the it. fandom. Yeah, the, the CM Blue fandom. They're yeah. like voracious. They're is that <laughs> is that even though it was kind of the gateway, mm. 
you looked at other stuff and you, you were like, eh, still not for me, kind of. Well, I mean, like I said, the music itself is not really my cup of tea, but I am kind of really interested in like the cultural phenomena of right. K-pop and just like Korean entertainment. Sure. And yeah. yeah. So, and you teach Amer- Asian American studies. I teach Asian American studies, and so it's also kind of become relevant now because there's a lot of crossover, right? Like right. BTS. BTS is like super popular in the West now. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, they're not Asian American per se, but Asian Americans listen to that stuff. For sure. Yeah. 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 And I mean, also non Asians, obviously. Yeah, as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Yeah, And I've always really liked Korean movies. I mean, Korean movies are like amazing. So right. that's that predated me listening or paying attention to K-pop. And then now with Oscar season and Parasite, yeah. possibly be getting the Best Picture nomination. Right. Like, yeah. I don't, by the time this comes out, probably, maybe, <laughs> maybe it won. I don't know. Yeah, I don't we'll know. See. It's yeah, February, yeah, yeah. I want to say February 9th is the ceremony. Okay. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know when you're going to publish. Probably anything. like a month from now. So yeah. 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 <laughs> so we'll know. Well, maybe we'll know. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's, I kind of want to deconstruct this phenomenon mm-hmm. and then maybe link it back to like your article. It's mm-hmm. like, so, this this idea, I think one thing that you just made me think of was like this connection between Asia and Asian American identity, right? Yeah. So, the fact that Asian culture is cool now, or Korean culture, yeah. a very specific version of Korean culture yeah. is cool now, it's also affecting certain aspects of Asian American identity, how you, uh, yeah. what is considered uh, beautiful. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh I guess let's kind of like break that down. Like um, in, in the in the years that the Hallyu wave, which is mm-hmm. the Korean pop wave, have, what have you seen major influences and changes in Asian American aesthetic, Asian American identity? How has the how do you think the K-pop wave has affected Asian American? I mean, yeah, I only can judge from like what my students listen to and like, you know. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. I think that for certain kind of people who really like that kind of music, you know, pop music, sure. then it's given them like an avenue to listen to pop music by Asian people. Um, you know, like the hip hop people are not going to be so much into K-pop, so they don't care as much unless they like, unless they like Korean hip hop, I guess. Um, but yeah, of course there's always some nice thing about like seeing people that look like you in media, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's actually kind of interesting cause like, like BTS went on Saturday Night Live and sang in Korean. Right. I mean, wow. I can't even imagine that ever happening in my lifetime. So Right. And then and it's interesting that, that that happened and then, you know, and then obviously Parasite came later. Yeah. And I don't know, there might be a connection. Like or you know, I think the whole Korean movie wave kinda yeah. started with maybe Old Boy. Yeah. Yeah, with yeah, Park yeah. Chan Wook. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But like I I saw him so yeah, BTS on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. But then uh freaking Bong Joon-ho, Bong, Bong Joon-ho mm-hmm. uh, the director of Parasite on like what Jimmy Kimmel, I believe, or like what? Like, He's been one, on one of those late nights. Yeah, he was on the late. I was yeah. like, I, wait a minute, this is weird. I've never seen a Korean director or Asian director with a translator. With a translator not speaking English, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so it's interesting. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's really cool too. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a really He's down very to earth funny. dude. Yeah. Have you have you met him before? No, yeah. well, I wish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he doesn't he doesn't like mince his words at all. So yeah, really yeah. Fun. I you know, met him like at a screening of Snowpiercer. Oh yeah. And went in San Francisco like ten years ago or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, to be honest, I'm not a huge Snowpiercer fan until mm-hmm. I saw it a second time. I liked it better the second time. Yeah. It's, but it's still not one of my favorites of his. Yeah. But uh, it's and I I saw him like hey. Uh, 
yeah, let me get a picture. You know, I talked to him a little bit. I think there was a, another translator there. Yeah. And then uh, I think... I think he mentioned something about class at the Q&A. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then in the second screen, the more sense. recent one I, that is more fresh in my memory is like, uh, he talked about how in Parasite, like class is like vertical. Mm -hmm. Like right. visually it's vertical. Right, right. It's all that stairways. Yeah. yeah. And then in class in Snowpiercer, I don't know if you've seen it, it's horizontal. horizontal. Yep. But it's still like... Right. It's still very spatially. Yeah. Like, visual still visual fucked up system. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. It's very smart. Uh, yeah. So I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that kind of consciousness of like, oh, we should like be, but now it's, it's interesting because Asian Americans, we're in this weird space of like, wait, we're American too, yeah, but like we've never received that kind of access. Yep. Yeah. Whereas Asian Asians. Yeah. Are getting that kind of access. I'm trying to think of exceptions, maybe. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, it's changing a little bit more now because of like the farewell, right? The farewell, and, and yeah. Crazy Rich Asians, of course, of right? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresh off the boat, right? Yeah. I mean, so I mean, it's kind of all just kind of coming together. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could you could make like the simplistic, the simple argument that it's just because there's more Asians living in the U.S. now, like. Like, I want to say it's almost 6% of the population now, whereas yeah. back in, like, 1970, it was 0.5%. Which, that's crazy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, 10 times as many Asians living in the U.S. now as there was, like, 30 or 40 years ago. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's interesting, because if you ask people, like, oh, how, what's the percentage of Asians in America? Yeah. They'll, they'll see some over-stated like percentage if they're yeah. living in in california right right if you're well, living in ohio maybe not yeah i see yeah because yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in california we're like oh yeah, it's probably like i don't know 30 percent. 30 percent, which is like well right, which that is like, actually is probably true for california yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i do point out that for my students like you know i mean when you think of asians you have to also think of like not just east asians like the south asian community has totally mm. exploded I yeah. mean, it's not just 10%, 10 times as many. It's like 20 or 30 times as many people from like India and Pakistan and Bangladesh. And and the interesting thing about that too is that they're living in like places that you wouldn't normally think of like having Asian populations like Memphis, you know, <laughs> Alabama and like Texas, you know. And so it's not like traditionally we think of like, oh yeah, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Filipino, California, New York, right? Yeah. And maybe maybe uh, like Vietnamese in, in Texas. But yeah, no. Vietnamese in uh, New Orleans. Louisiana. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, 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 like certain little pockets. But now there's, man, there's like South Asians all over this country. Right. And then you have Aziz Ansar, Ansari and yeah. then uh, Hassan. And Hassan, yeah. Hassan, Min, uh, Hassan Minhaj, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and Mindy Kaling. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So the representation's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, sorry, did you have a question? No. Okay. Uh, but I was just very... I do have... Whoops, are you leaving? Well, I, I guess I. I want to say something about go, that. That's no, kind ahead. of funny. This is my theory, yeah, sure. the theory about what, why this is weird, but it's kind of like related to why Donald Trump is popular with some people, because they're they see that the demographics are changing, and it's never going back, and they're scared. It's like oh my god, oh, you know, mm. and it's like on the West Coast and on the East Coast, it's like we. I just was in dinner at San Gabriel Valley, and it's like wow, there's nothing but Asian people here. <laughs> Right, yeah. And it's cool to me, you know. I mean, that's cool. Or, you know, you go down to some other part of the neighborhood, and it's like, oh, there's, like, the Guatemalan neighborhood, right? And all you have is Guatemalan food. And that's, like, all good for me. But, I mean, if you are used to thinking that America should only be white people, then you are freaking out. 
And it's yeah. like this older generation, especially, I think they're just freaking out. It's like what they're scared of, like what is unknown to them. Mm. So, I mean, that I think contributes to this backlash against, you know, immigrants or refugees or minorities or whatever you want to call people. And I think, I think Andrew Yang points out, uh, makes a good point that a lot of manufacturing jobs in those regions were lost because of automation. Yep. And, and not, not because of immigrants. Right. Yeah. But guess what? They think of immigrants because that's the easier choice. Target. Right. Like the conceptual idea of automation is not like it's not as not mainstream yeah. until you know I think I think uh, Yang is, try, is Andrew's trying to push that forward as like well no just look at the numbers like yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I mean it's always easier to blame someone you know like a, a person that is different than you than thinking of okay this is another theory that's like related right. to like capitalism you know the rich people want you to blame the poor people and the immigrants so you're not blaming them. <laughs> right, the people, when it really is their fault. Right, the people yeah. who are making the robots, right? Or yeah, and profiting the, off, profiting, of yeah, 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 and like taking away your jobs. It's not these poor people who are coming from El Salvador. Right, know? yeah, yeah. It's like these billionaires who are not—they're not sharing. They really so, need to learn to share. So, as far <laughs> as like, that makes me think of uh, going back to your uh, article about the K-pop, mm -hmm. the the. The people that have passed recently. Yeah. yeah. There's three people. There was Sully in, I believe, uh, October, Guhara. and then Guhara a month later. Yeah. And then there's In In Cha Ha, I believe. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cha Cha Eun Ha. Yeah, Cha Eun Ha. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting because, sure, they were victims of a uh, cyberbullying. Mm -hmm. They were victims of pressure, pressure, career social pressure. career yeah. pressure, and. Uh, What's interesting is that you mentioned not blaming Korean culture. Yeah, I think it's really important because, you know, this idea that it's, it's all kind of Orientalism in a way. It's like now it's framed as Korean culture is like, you know, brutal and unforgiving and savage and, you know, puts all this pressure on people. And, you know, that's not that different from back in the day when people would say, oh, yeah, you know, Chinese or whatever, Asians are barbaric and subhuman. And so to me, it's just really a narrow way of not looking at what really are the causes for a lot of people being under pressure, not just Korean people, mm. you know? I mean, I think, I think in, when I, in that other post about um, Kim Jong-un, I said, you know, they say, okay, well, Koreans work all these hours and they don't ever get a break. But I mean, I know a lot of guys who work in the tech industry who are sleeping under their desks because they're working 90 hours a week, right? So it's not like it's only isolated to Korea. Korea is not the only place that people are overworked. Korea is not the only place that people are cyberbullied. Korea is not the only place that people kill themselves because of their careers or because they're, you know, being, uh, because of misogyny. But to play so, devil's advocate, they have one of the highest uh, suicide rates for a... A what is it? A OD like, a like an industrialized industrialized nation. nation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. And yeah. so it's I, so I guess you're from what I hear, it's not like completely taking culture out of it, but like not putting that as the main not focus. Only. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, there's like all these articles that are just about like the I mean, literally the dark side of K-pop. You just Google that, and you'll come up with like thirty articles. The dark side of K-pop, <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I. I don't want to do that whataboutism thing, but, you know, I mean, there are Western stars who are, are, are dead, <laughs> who drank themselves to death. Maybe they're not quite as young, but yeah, no, actually some of them are. They were all in their 20s, right? Like Amy Winehouse. Right. Yeah. You know? 
or uh, Kurt Cobain. They're all like 27, right? That's the 27-year-old group, right? Uh, the 27s, yeah. The 27s. Uh, Jimi uh, Hendrix. Yeah, yeah. Jimi, you know, yeah, and it goes back. And so, I mean, child stars are abused here in the U.S. Right, and it's, then there's the whole pedophile ring, but yeah. Epstein and the... Yeah. And there was a sex ring from the burning... Burning Sun. Burning Sun, yeah. 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 So, Although that wasn't really a sex ring. That was more like a... Um, like that was prostitution, a homo- I think. Uh, it was more like sharing videos of... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it true. wasn't good. It that's was really good, definitely yeah. ugly. But that's also... See, through, through the Burning Sun thing, too. I mean, yeah, those guys were messed up, right? There was no excuse for what they did. But, again, you know, it's more like toxic masculinity. It's not only just Korean dudes who do this. And again, like Epstein, right? Yeah. How much toxic masculinity do we have in the U.S.? And Our I fucking wa- president. Right, and and I wonder, <laughs> I wonder about the ethnicity of those underage girls that Epstein violated. Like, well, yeah, because human trafficking, like, maybe some Asians. Yep. Yeah. 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 And there maybe there's some fetishization yeah. going on. Actually, there, I think there was one woman. What's her name? Regina something. Was it? She talked about how he targeted her because she was Asian. Yeah. Was that Epstein or Weinstein? Epstein. Weinstein. Oh, Weinstein. I'm sorry. That was right. Weinstein. I'm sorry. Wrong guy. Yeah, that's all right. That's another. <laughs> well, uh, no one, right? Okay. That yeah. was a uh, <laughs> that was a uh, Asian American woman. Yeah, Asian Chinese. American. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, she was targeted, and then yeah. she she tried uh, tried to commit suicide a couple uh, yeah times after the incident. Yeah, and he because pr- he pressed himself against her and said, "Hey, I want to I want to be with an Asian, you know, gross shit." Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm sorry because I. I've talked to some Koreans about this topic, mm. and uh, it's very interesting because they're fairly critical of Korean culture. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, women, like I talked to a Korean uh, woman, and she, I mentioned Soli, and she basically said, like, yeah, in Korea, if you don't fall into a certain conformity, yeah. they will like destroy you on the internet. Yep. They will just uh, this. They will like say all these super negative comments, and she, to be honest, doesn't see it. it's it's in the U.S. Sure, and mm-hmm. then, but like in her opinion, it, it's much worse in Korea. I think it yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like pretty intense in Korea. But I mean, what I think, I think part of it though, which I also talked about in that blog post, is that is this idea of what we call compressed modernity, right? So South Korea and a lot of other countries have. Um, industrialized at a really fast rate. Like, when was, when was the Korean War? 1950? So that's how many? Yeah, years? 55, yeah. 55, so like, see, let's say maybe 60 years that they've won on it. Maybe even less. And they were completely destroyed. Yeah, by, like, totally the US, destroyed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just the stress of that happening has really made life hard. <laughs> I mean, it seems like, oh man, everybody's like gotten to this really high level of income. But it's, you know, it's really hard culturally to shift from being more like, you know, less developed country to this really highly industrialized country that's really competitive. So that's part of the problem. Mm. Um, but on a broader sense, the other part of the problem is, you know, capitalism, neoliberalism, right? Whatever you <laughs> want to call it. This like hyper-competitive uh, global uh, economy that we live in. And what happened, this is specific to K-pop, I think, but other groups too, I think, is that K-pop has this really weird system. Well, not weird. They have this system where new groups or groups go onto these TV shows and compete against each other. Yeah, like Music Box. Music and show. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows, yeah. yeah. So they compete against each other. And, you know, one group wins and the other ones lose. And part of the way that they score this is by voting from fans. 
Right. So they either vote online or they, they have to tweet like a million times with the hashtag or they have to do like 20,000 views, 20 million views on YouTube. And there is some yeah. vote manipulation. They, there, was vote. That, there was an issue with uh, yeah. eyes, uh, is one, IZ1. Uh, one. Oh, They're yeah. part of the uh, Produce 1 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. group. Yeah, yeah so there's there was, a lot of that. Yeah. So there was some vote manipulation there. But yeah. supposedly, other than that, uh, you know, hopefully that was, we don't know if that was just a rare case, who knows, but... Um, it's it a popularity. I think it happens all the time. Oh, you think so? Yeah. yeah. So it's a popularity contest. Yeah, it's a big popularity contest. So, so unfortunately, what happens is that these fan groups, these really intensely like de devoted fan groups, they they fight against each other. And so, let's say you're a fan of Sully, and then you're the other person is a fan of a group that is their rival, right? Yeah. And so, what you do is you not only support your group, but you you totally like attack the other group, okay. Sully or whoever it might be. Sure. So that yeah. contributes to this like really hostile environment. Right. So, I mean, but that's also because K-pop has adopted this, this neoliberal competitive model where one group has to win and the other one has to lose. It's like this zero sum game, right? Mm. So you can't have both groups coexisting and being like supportive. One has to lose and one has to win. Can you break down real quick, like for people who don't understand the term neoliberal? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, that's a really complicated one. I'm not even sure myself, but, <laughs> but basically, you know what it is? You know, it's really again like it's a bottom line thing where everybody has to be either like on the top or the bottom, right? You okay. Can't have, yeah. There's no cooperation. There's no sharing. Individualism is really. Important. So it's like a scarcity mindset. Scarcity yeah. model. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you can't. Like there's have, only enough for a few only, of us. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so that's what I see. That's one of the things that I saw. Even when I started paying attention to K-pop, that was one of the things that really bothered me about it. It's like, why do these guys have to like have this like Hunger Games thing where they're always like f competing? Well, because there's only three, three basically monopolies. There's JYP, YG Entertainment, and then the SM or YG, and then the SM Entertainment. Yeah. And then there's there's some other smaller companies, but those yeah. are the three big ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, but it's gotten a lot worse, I think, with the with the internet voting, because I want to say like maybe five or ten years ago, it wasn't so much about competing against each other. Now it seems to be a lot about like who can get the most YouTube views. Oh. You know, it's not like oh yeah, this song is really great, it's a jam, right? It's yeah. like no, we got twenty million views in, <laughs> in two hours. So I mean, whenever you a lot of times when you read these headlines on these various you know K-pop sites, it's like wow, Blackpink four hundred million views. For this song, it's right. like, okay. I mean, how do a how do they get that? Who's streaming this? Like, 40, right. twenty four hours a day. How many of those are robots? You know, like. <laughs> or yeah, I mean, is there any pleasure in listening to the song? <laughs> do you like it because you like the song, or you just you just like mindlessly streaming? But anyway, so that was one thing that kind of really like I don't like about K-pop, and so I think that that competitive atmosphere does contribute to people attacking. People and like Sully, you know, or, or Hada. What I liked about your article was that it connected it, because I don't, I think you're right. The easy target is Koreans are that like this crazy, over obsessive, yeah, mean people. Like right. that's the easy target. Kind of like when we talked about earlier, immigrants are easy target. Right. So oh, let's blame Korean culture. Right. Right. <laughs> Which is like you said. I th I think I I saw an article you cited. I was just like, whoa, yeah, they're they're pretty bashing Asian cult uh, Korean culture. Um, so okay, sure, that's easy. But what I liked is this idea of you know compressed modernity, which I think is came from a Korean. It's a Korean Korean theorist, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Prof 
professor. Yeah. And uh, it kind of put into context, oh, so it's maybe not just Korean culture, but the specific circumstances that created Korea. Yeah. Modern because Korea. modern Korea. Because yeah. modern Korea is like, they called it like one of the rising dragon. One of yeah, the rising four dragons. dragons, yeah. So basically, it was bombed to shit by America, right? right? And, uh, it, you know, and then... And it was, it ha- and then there's like, there's this trauma, this very deep trauma that there, people are still trying to get up. Yeah, because the country's split. Split, and families, yeah, right? brothers, they never like they, they, they separated, yeah. and they they didn't see each other until like maybe many, many years later, or if they- Or never. Or never, because <laughs> yeah. they passed away, yeah. yeah. So there's this deep trauma, and, but there was this, this uh, desire to like, this national pride yeah. of, uh, and rising from the ashes, mm-hmm. like South Korea- yeah, it, I think their economy, or if you want to use GDP, which is not the best marker, but like it's it's one of the markers we use, is just rose astronomically yeah. over the last few decades, yeah. into a place of like okay, uh, you know, this uh, we're now we're we're a viable superpower, or right. we're we're one of the big boys now, right? And uh, this idea of soft power, right? Yeah. Like basically. Like a lot of people may not understand that the government is pulling some of the strings totally. of promoting certain groups over other groups, maybe yeah. to promote their kind of like pro-Korea agenda, you know? Well, also, I mean, if you really want to talk about like global politics, Korea, South Korea is, you know, a client state or allied with the U.S., right? So back in the day in the Cold War after the Koreas were split, you know, the U.S. boosted up South Korea because it was against communism, communism which was yeah. North Korea. Yeah. So that was a, one of the ways that they used like these these proxy states like South Korea, like Taiwan. Yeah. You know, to um, to have outposts in Asia, military, cultural, political outposts in Asia. Oh. So South Korea is one of them. I mean, it's yeah. A lot of the South Korean economic development is was supported by the U.S. So, yeah. So then K-pop is kind of an offshoot of like, okay, that soft power, that promote a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I want to say, mean, yeah. 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 Or, right. or like, basically like, how can we as a Korean, you know, like not we, me, but like how, speaking of Koreans, like uh, if I was like, how can Korea basically spread its influence? And as we, as we, as we have seen, it's, their cultural influence is crazy. Yeah. There's people in Argentina learning Korean, <laughs> like because of BTS, right. yep. and, you know, big, you know, big hit entertainment. Yeah, actually, I heard that Korean, Korean, um, the Korean language classes now are like still really getting really popular. It's super and, popular. And like French is going down. Right, right, right. <laughs> Korean and Chinese and like something else. Yeah, Chinese Mandarin. Mandarin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. but Korean is definitely rising, and like the, a lot of the, the European languages are right. declining. So this idea of like, okay. There's the so Korea is this country of intense, rapid mm-hmm. technological, uh, economic, mm-hmm. social change yep. in a very short period of time, and it's interesting because human nature, from what I understand, has been fairly static or you know human nature sure. is fairly similar to what we had like ten thousand plus years yeah. ago, right? We you know uh, we eat, sleep, fuck, all that stuff, right? <laughs> Yeah, so like and we have these impulses, and um, as far our, our hardware, as hum, our human hardware, our biological systems, yeah. and our, and so 
I, I think it's very interesting where we're in a world of like social media and a lot of uh, where basically when you were bullied as a kid, when we were bullied as a kid in our, gen- you know, older generations, there'd be like a group of kids that might bully you. Mm-hmm. And there might be rumors spread around school. Now there's rumors spread around the world. Yeah. And, the, the, and those comments, like you might hear a snide remark or something, or you might get a letter in the mail. But now, guess what? You get a hundred thousand letters in the mail, like comments about saying, "Oh, why? Hey, Soli, how come you're not wearing a bra? Right. What are you? What's you doing?" Which she she was very proud about yeah. the no bra movement, you know. And and I, in a way, like when I heard about Soli, like real talk, I got like I did, I had knew of FX, mm-hmm. the group that she was in, because one of the member I know Amber one of the, Amber Leo, she's, she's Taiwanese American, right. yeah, and she's like kind of like um, androgynous, androgynous, yeah, 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 she's dope. She's super cool. And uh, so I looked into Soli uh, after she passed, and I, I looked into her. Uh, what was that sound? Oh. That's my, <laughs> my wife walking up the stairs. Hi. Okay, hi. Uh, so, and I listened to her like single stuff, and I thought it was really, yeah, it's, it's good. It's like kind of dream pop ish. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, is like she was very, she was. Uh, she was okay about women's rights. She was. Yeah. She's all about women's rights. Uh, so like abortion rights in Korea, mm-hmm. uh, like not being proud, like not to have to wear a bra. Right. Um, and she got a lot of uh, flack for that. Yeah. And then, but and she also uh, was clinically depressed, from what I understand, uh, from the from the articles. And she had been a star since she was like a kid, like a young age. Yeah, I want to yeah. say like twelve or fourteen, maybe. Yeah. Young. So it, it, it's sad because she's so young. She was 25. Yeah. And kind of like what your So your article kind of put it into context. How do these individuals... Because we have... To, I think as humans, we want to live in a system that's humane. Right. But when, when we live in a system that is, yeah, so compet- hyper-competitive, zero-sum, and so... Uh, uh, like the the, the I, like the, there's this idea of panopticon, right? Or pan, mm-hmm. whereas basically your everything you do is being viewed or scrutinized. Might, scrutinized. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking pressure. Yep. That's a lot of pressure on the people, uh, K-pop stars. Uh, you know, yeah. stars here. Like you look at Kanye, he's kind of gone off the. You know, he's <laughs> doing some weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I would say it's part of this idea of fame and, yeah. and, and uh, hyper scrutiny. It's not fun being a celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially yeah. nowadays. So yeah. and so it kind of put into it kind of helped me put into context oh because think of it like suicide uh from what we understand or it's it's like uh it's it's a very 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 dark choice and I don't think it yeah. should ever be normalized yeah uh however there are things like euthanasia when people are terminally ill right. and there's there's extreme extreme cases where were uh, letting you know wanting to leave this plane, leave leave Earth and, mm-hmm. and pass away, may be a viable option. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I guess my question then is like, do like how how can uh, I guess because how can basically celebrity or K-pop stars 
kind of survive in this compressed modernity situation? Is there is there a solution to this? <laughs> I think that's a big question to ask Valerie. Oh, I mean, man, I don't have know. Her, like, provide a solution for that. No, I mean, uh, well, let, let's yeah, just talk about it. Theory. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, a... yeah. I mean, you know, like I Because said, then, I... guess what? Like, no, you're all going to be fucking depressed. Get, right. get with it. You totally. chose this life. Fuck it. You got, you know, that's, that's that sucks. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of them don't really make a choice when they're grown-ups. Like, some of these kids start training when they're, like, 10, literally, you know? Um, I want to say, okay, I'm just going to go back to Yang Long because I know him from CM Blue, right? And so he has said he doesn't even like to go out of his apartment, <laughs> like, go out, hang out with friends or anything because he's so worried something bad will happen. Oh, jeez. And he doesn't even say specifically what that bad thing is, but it's just, like... It could be anything. It could be like doing, you know, getting too drunk, you know, or see, talking to the wrong person at somewhere. You Maybe know? a crazy fan. Cra- or, yeah, know, or yeah. just even just anything. So he is just like so careful that he is like become like, almost like a hermit, you know, in some. And I think that that that's like you just have to do that, right? You just have to protect yourself. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That is a big question. <laughs> yeah, we've seen yeah. that Amber. Uh, yeah. she's come back to the States where yeah. she, she's from and now she's pursuing a more like independent career right. here. Yeah. And she mentioned on another podcast how like in Korea, the system was like everything was planned out for you by, by the company. Yeah. With the, with the idols. With the, the idols. idols. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in the U S like they'll ask you, okay, so, uh, how do you want to do this concert? How, how do you yeah. want? And then the, she's like, what? You're asking me? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like how, so how do you want to present yourself? I mean, the stakes yeah. are super high for these K-pop stars. Cause you know, they, like you said, it's a, because they kind of become like this representative of Korea in the West or around the world. Sure, right? yeah. Cause it's like, it is a big thing with the government supporting the soft power thing, the Hallyu thing. And so they're really banking on these kids. Or, I mean, I use that word cause they are kids. Like Amber's like 26 and she's been in the business for 10 years. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's been she's been like professionally like active besides the part of the time when she was training. So I mean that could be like another like three to five years. So yeah, I mean I when I read that I thought, oh man, she's been around for ten years, but then how old is she? Like wait, that can't be right. Yeah. You know? They're starting as kids, literally, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean I had a sixteen year old kid and if she was out there like being a K pop star now, I mean, wow, that would be She'd be like, Hey mom, I wanna be a K pop star. Well, I mean she just like that you you're when you're sixteen, that's a lot of pressure. Right. It's a lot of pressure. And these people are totally, like, exposed to the spotlight. But anyway, yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's really hard, I think. I think, but I think, uh, you know, just like you said, getting back to the soft power ideas, they become, like, this commodity to be the representative or, like, the ambassadors, the cultural ambassadors from their country, right? Mm-hmm. And so if they fuck up, then then they, they, they suffer because the government is trying to use them to promote, in this case, South Korea, right? So, uh, so yeah. there's like a lot of, so that's that just makes me think of a lot of pressure, political pressure. I think so, yeah. Like, and like yeah. Yeah, yeah, presentation, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's hard. But it's tough, yeah. But yeah. they're doing it. <laughs> I mean, like you said, Korean is very popular. Yeah, they're doing popular, it. Yeah. BTS seems to have pushing that sort of like positive, love yourself kind of mentality, which is you know pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think. I mean, the Koreans have K-pop and the Japanese have anime and manga, I mean, as a way to mm-hmm. um, influence the culture or uh, actually spread the Japanese culture and the, mm-hmm. spread the Korean culture. Do you think Chinese people and Taiwanese people have something similar? 
Taiwan's food. Yeah. yeah. Taiwan has food They're power. They're pushing that. And I know that Taiwan <laughs> supposedly, like, the government is kind of trying to model, like, a, what South Korea did as far as, like, that soft power thing. So, yeah, that's why all of a sudden you see, like, 86 degrees all over the place, right? 80, 85 degrees. Yeah, yeah. 85 degrees. <laughs> 86 yeah, yeah, yeah. Degrees. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> the new, the new yeah, chain. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the sequel. Yeah, so, or, like, you know, like, um, like, boba. Boba is ridiculous. Boba. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, China was trying at some point to like get their movies. I think they, they still are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they're doing a really bad job. I think <laughs> they're kind of clumsy about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But like Chinese, I mean, there's all these language institutes that are popping up. Uh, the Confucius Institute is run by the government, but that's a different. Ooh, thing. I mean, <laughs> this this podcast might just get banned <gasps> in China. But all right. I mean, I don't think it's. All I don't right. think I can ever go back to China anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, I, no, that's a good question, Dad. I do think China. I know. I know Taiwan is definitely like pushing the food, and then yeah. JYP has a boy story. It's a Chinese boy boy group that like the average age is twelve. Like yeah, so like he's trying to make moves in China because he knows like that's a huge market. Yeah, yeah, it's been a huge market for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but um, even like you know Jay Chow was in like some American was he in Green Hornet? Yeah, he's Green he Hornet. Catch me if you can. Right? Yeah, yeah, the magician one. Yeah, yeah the magician yeah, yeah, one, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I mean, he's been trying to come but up. I mean, you know, with the Taiwanese and the food, that doesn't inspire people to learn Taiwanese or Chinese or Mandarin <laughs> at all. Do or like the, the traditional Mandarin. They're yeah. not quite as successful, yeah. Yeah, it's, and also the, the, their cultural film market is like a lot of their talent because of this, using the same language. They go to China to, to make money. It's a huge market. It's a huge market yeah. and a lot of money is yeah. there. Um, but the love boat was that soft power thing from Taiwan. There you go. That was kind of like how you, the Korean wave. You know, that was a way that the government wanted to try to reach out to, I mean, specifically like Chinese and Taiwanese Americans, but, you know, hopefully also spreading beyond that. <clears throat> and so, like, I talked about this, you know, in the movie, one of the people who went on the trip when she was 16. Uh, was Judy Chu, who's now a congresswoman. Like, you know, she represents the San Gabriel Valley. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why the government, the Taiwan's government, tried to find those kids from the Ivy League schools because they were hoping that somebody like her would feel, like, positive about Taiwan, right? And so she is. I mean, she's, told, she's like, on the Taiwan caucus. She's met with the president. She, like, the president of Taiwan. She's, she's like, really pro-Taiwan. And, you know, she said before she went on the trip, she didn't even know anything about Taiwan. And she didn't right. think being Chinese was, like, that useful at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the love boat was totally soft power. Totally yeah. soft power. And then Taiwan recently, um, yeah, they had elections not too long ago. And yeah. Tsai Ing-wen, who was a, she's kind of like, the other opponent was more pro-Beijing. Yeah. And then this uh, Tsai Ing-wen, she's more, like, I would say moderate slash... <laughs> yeah. She's She's leaning, yeah. leaning towards independence, but she won't, you know, they can't say the word, right? Yeah. Just more like, <laughs> like, basically she will, she will say Taiwan is Taiwan, China is China. That's as far as she'll, as yeah. far as she can get, you know, or she'll say, um, and, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, like. Oh, the, I had something to say about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, you know, uh, Taiwan was the first Asian country to have, uh, LGBTQ marriage, right? Sure, yeah. To legalize that. And. I don't think they were necessarily thinking of that as like this is a really good political move, but it has sort of 
highlighted that they are more, that Taiwan is more interested in like human rights, right? So some people are saying that Taiwan should try to push that, like we are the country that has human rights, especially in contrast to China, which yeah, is yeah, not right. the country that has human rights. Right. <laughs> and so you know, I mean, that's all these things are like they, people think about this stuff. Um, this made me yeah. think, just thinking about Taiwan and K-pop. You guys know Tzu Yu. So, yeah, so so yeah, she's in twice. Yeah. So there was a reality show back in two thousand, I want to say fifteen, two thousand sixteen, where each member held a flag from their respective countries because Twice is made of Japanese members, Korean members, and Tzu mm-hmm. yeah. is uh, Taiwanese. She's from Tainan, and uh, she held up a flag of the uh, the Taiwanese ROC, flag, yeah. the ROC, the Republic of China, which is. Taiwan and there was like a huge huge uh, blow up on Weibo WeChat whatever and saying like oh how could she hold up that flag she doesn't recognize Taiwan as part of China uh, yeah. we, and then so like people were boycotting twice and they were saying hey and then I think the government didn't let them concerts were definitely canceled in China and she had to do this really scary apology. That's apology. That, that was, I can't. You, you I, watch, that, that I watch apology. that apology. I, I get fucking so angry. It's like you feel like there's someone holding a gun, like just outside of the frame. She says, there's only one China." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then blah blah blah. She's saying, "I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. I only recognize one China. Um, I did not mean to offend anyone." And then bow. I'm, and she's like, when she does all this stuff, she's she's uh, sixteen. She's sixteen years old. Yeah. Can you imagine like all that crazy like? Yeah. Oh, that, you're that just, the you're the center of <laughs> of this. Yeah. Of of uh, of a, a fifty year old conflict, super tense conflict between Taiwan and China, and you're in a t- Korean company that's trying to make money off of China, and you're yeah. sixteen years old. Yeah, that just happened with another uh, K-pop person, C1 uh, from Suju, Super Junior. Oh. He, you know, so there's all these protests in Hong Kong, right? And people post on Twitter. And so I want to say he he pushed the like button on a post on Twitter that said something positive about the Hong Kong protests. I mean, it might have not even been that. It might have just might have been like, go Hong Kong. Something really innocuous, right? Totally attacked in China. Like, people were, like, burning his records, you know? It's, like, crazy. He had to apologize, like, six times. Um, that may reminds me of uh, the Japanese imperial flag. Stephen Yun liked a picture of his friend wearing the Japanese imperial flag as a costume as a kid. <laughs> and, Kore- like, Korean people saw that he liked it and just, like, totally, like, you know, like, Said Stephen Yeun, he's a he's a race trader. How dare he like the Japanese imperial flag, which is essentially the swastika of that yeah. of, of World War Two, right? Yeah. So his initial response was like, "Man, I can't believe it. We live in a day and age where like you like something and like people will trash you." Like that was like, his initial response. Then he deleted that, and then he came out with a more thoughtful response saying. <laughs> I thought about it and I realized, yeah, there's a very deep, painful history between, you know, Korea and Japan and something I, I wish I, I want to recognize. And, and, yeah. And then, um, and Tiffany Young from uh, Girls' Generation. SNSD. Had, S- SNSD. Uh, Sang Yu Si Dai. 
posted a picture of her with like the Japanese imperial flag, and because of that, she was kicked off the show. Um, was it uh, Sister uh, uh, Slam Dunk? Uh, Sister Slam Dunk, yeah, which is one of my favorite reality shows. I think she actually moved to the U.S. after that. Oh, really? I think so because she's from here. I think. I think she lives in L.A. I want to say that's... Yeah, she's in L.A. now. I yeah. Believe. She's, or like L.A. or New York. I think L.A. Yeah. yeah. She's pushing the whole Asia... Uh, uh, the, she's pushing for the American market. Yeah. yeah. So I think these are interesting. These are, I think, good examples of this kind of compressed modernity. Like yeah. basically, oh, as a, as, a represent, as a public figure, there are certain rights you no longer have. <laughs> right? Am I, is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. You know, um, you know. I mean, it seems if you follow like Asian countries, then it seems really apparent that's happening there. But it happens here too. You know, I mean, people totally are like slamming people on Twitter all the time. Oh, like, for sure. Cancel culture, right? Oh yeah, I mean, cancel culture. Cancel culture is crazy. Mm. It's just like wow. I mean, just like rumors pop up, and then uh, like a million people all of a sudden, like you said, are just like totally dissing you, right? But so. one thing is specific to Korean stuff is like, Dan, have you heard of this? Like, no dating clauses? No. Like, uh, so you want to explain real? Like, yeah, some of these K-pop groups when they when they the kids when they sign their contracts they have a clause that says they can't have uh, they can't date they can't publicly date other people, which of uh, course they do. I mean, they're all like having sex with each other, <laughs> right. but they can't you can't go in public. Right. So it's like right. you can't be like um, like Taylor Swift talking about going out with what's his name Harry Styles whoever she went out with whoever the fuck she I don't went out I don't with. I don't follow like that. she writes songs about her her breakups and shit um, so so yeah I mean that's written into the contrast because the idols are supposed to be like I mean the word idol should just give you a suggestion of like what kind of image right. they're supposed to have right they're supposed to be like these perfect human beings and so one of the perfect things you do is you do not date because you're supposed to be a fantasy object that's available for your fans to pretend like they're your boyfriend or girlfriend um, right and i think it's doubly hard for women because they have yeah. to be they have to be that plus pure as an angel or like yeah. like a the virgin you know like kind of sort of symbolism right yeah, yeah. but they yeah. could be the bad girl but like not too much not too bad you yeah. know like yeah yeah yeah, I always thought that was kind of a funny paradox because, like, some of the the, the choreography is like super su- sexual, super sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> like, what's going on here? You know, I mean, he's, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like Blackpink, you know, like uh, I I don't need yeah. a boy, I need a man, and they get you know they yeah. get down on their knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's exceptions. You know, um, one of my favorite uh, music videos is Abracadabra by. Um, Brown Eyed Girls. Okay, just, that's an older one. Yeah, oh, yeah. but it's just so super sexy and hot, and it's just like <laughs> really cool. So look that one up if you don't know that one. Abracadabra. That's one of their famous Girls. ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like it's like you know, <coughs> queer. It's like sexy. It's like got all kinds of like really cool power structure stuff, dynamics. Yeah, and so I don't know. If, I mean, you know, like I said, I haven't really been following a lot of this stuff for like years and years and years. But it seems to me that it's gotten a little bit. Uh, you know, it's got a little stricter. Like, they're really trying to not... They don't have that much of that adult perspective on sexuality mm. that they might have had in the past. And also, I want to say, and again, this is a giant generalization, but, you know, um, like, some of the older groups, like, second-generation groups, like TVXQ, um, I can't remember the Chinese name, is DBSK, 
you know, they looked, they were allowed to become older, right? They were allowed to become more like manly and not quite so boy-like. Hmm. And so now there's really this really strong emphasis on these guys trying to stay as young looking as possible. And it's this weird Ooh. youth culture. And, um, you know, but again, you know, that's not limited to Korea, right? It's like the younger, the newer, the better. So it does seem plastic surgery seems a little bit more normalized. There's a lot Korean, of plastic, yeah. In Korean cheap. culture, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. And there's people who fly to Korea for plastic yeah. surgery, yeah. I just saw something interesting though that um, apparently in um, Silicon Valley, it's a thing now for like dudes to get plastic surgery. Yeah, like Botox shots. Yeah, yeah, and nose jobs and stuff. To, so <laughs> yeah, it's because it's like you said, like. Hyper competitive industry hyper like tech, tech, yeah. Yeah. So you like to, to be younger, good. yeah. Yep. Like, oh, you're you're a 38 year old programmer. Why would I hire you if I could get this 21 year old guy yeah. straight out of uh, whatever Harvard, Total ageism. Or MIT, whatever? Yeah. So much ageism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and they're cheaper too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's where like this idea of global neo neoliberalism kind of fucking shit up all the time <laughs> ruining your life you know because we're all just like trying to get our piece of this increasingly shrinking pie or what's perceived as an increasingly shrinking pie right yeah it's like there's not enough to go around we gotta hoard you know we gotta be a billionaire and billionaires are not gonna share their stuff with anybody so like, uh. and, then, and then we kind of like idolize these billionaires like oh yeah you know he's got like he makes like ten thousand dollars a second or a hundred thousand from interest in some right shit. and it's like man that's like why do we like these people <laughs> you know why why are we making these people like to be heroic so, are your kids into k-pop no my my younger daughter really likes travis scott <laughs> yeah, yeah and like like yeah and then the older one, you know. I mean, they actually both really like Taylor Swift and stuff like that. So, yeah. and, uh, Ariana you, Grande. They're, they're into that. Okay. And, do, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Dad. Would you let your kids go to Love Boat? Oh, get back to Love Boat. You know, um, yeah, I would let them go to Love Boat. Um, they don't want to go, though, because they went. They were there in Taiwan when we were shooting in the summer of 2016, and it was super hot, and they <laughs> were not hot. into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm trying to convince them. Like, there's other programs that they have that are not exactly Love Boat. Like, one of them is teaching English out in the countryside in Taiwan. I said, you know, you should do that to my daughter, because she likes teaching. She's like, no, yeah. it's too hot. Yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> and, like, so, are they... Are they both fairly comfortable with their Asian American identity, you think, or? I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, they're Hapa, so they kind of, like, go both ways. But, like, one of my, the younger one is really active in the Hapa club at school. okay. <laughs> yeah. Hapa and, uh, what, what? Oh, like, half, it? half Asian and half something else. Okay, yeah. okay. And do you find, like, when you're doing, like, Asian American studies, mm -hmm. and you have, like, kids from, like, all over the United States, do you find that there's, like, a different, um, versions of Asian Americans. I mean, the value system is a little bit different, right? Like, I, mm -hmm. from my personal experience, I think Northern California uh, Asian Americans, and especially Chinese Americans, are a little bit different than the ones in, in Southern California. That's what I'm told. Yeah, sure. I'm not sure exactly how, but, you know, I mean, I'm in the Bay, there's a lot of Filipino kids, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Filipino, Filipino Vietnamese. Vietnamese, yeah. yeah. A lot of Filipino Vietnamese. Um, but I mean, it depends on like what school too. Like I know like a friend of mine teaches at San Diego State and he said, yeah, most of the kids are Filipino Vietnamese, but that at UC San Diego, they're like Chinese, Korean, Taiwanese. So, yeah. and I mean, that's partially like an economic thing too. Like, mm. you know, like these newer immigrants and their kids are going to be able to either afford to get to UCs. 
So they go to state schools. Yeah. Cool. So uh, let's see, we're going on an hour and 15. So one thing yeah. I just wanted to talk about was um, this. Uh, one thing I don't know, it, 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 is, it might be like a, it, it's kind of a, a, a certain opinion about uh, people taking their own life. So mm-hmm. sorry, dark turn, dark turn. <laughs> uh, so Anthony Bourdain uh, and Kate mm-hmm. Spade, Right. They they passed uh, not too long ago, a few yeah. years ago, and uh, it was last year I want to say, or yeah, 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 and, and you know what it it it's interesting like the way that this is reporting, and just so you know, like we'll have, I think uh, I I'll, I'm gonna put some resources for anyone that is having dark thoughts or anyone who who is thinking about certain things that I think the what I've read about reporting or talking about these subjects is that. Don't try not to have like the word suicide in the hot in the headline because that actually causes mm-hmm. people to actually like have trigger, ideation, uh, yeah. yeah, ideation. So they have ideas about it, and also don't say the the place and the method because right. that it actually because because of Bourdain and Spade, like it, there was a slight spike in suicides mm-hmm. after, after the reporting because yeah. you know there's yeah it's paying attention this paying attention yeah and then. One, I've read a post from David Cho. He's an artist. Uh, he worked in San Jose for a while, and he's the Facebook guy, Facebook artist, I guess, is the, what he's most famous for. Uh, and he made, a, he was close with Anthony, with Anthony Bourdain, and uh, he wrote a post, and it's super, it's, it's an interesting take. And in the, some ways, I have to, I'll be honest, like, I, I see his point, but basically he's saying, uh, I know that the glass on the Bellagio penthouse, one of those hotels, is is you can't is is like you can't break it because I tried jumping out of, tried jumping through that glass, and he says that suicide, taking your own life is a very it's a it's a, it's a weak choice, it's not romantic. It's it's a it's it's it shouldn't be glorified. He thinks it's very, uh, you know, he thinks it's 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 actually it shouldn't be romanticized. That it's it's he hates he hates Bourdain for taking his own life. Oh, he hates yeah. Bourdain for taking his own life. Bourdain told him like a month or so before, like yeah, he's doing well, and he hated him for like hiding behind a mask, you know. And I get where that anger comes from. It it does seem to fall in this category of victim blaming a little bit because one thing that uh, David Foster, I think it was David Foster Wallace, yeah. he said like the choice of suicide is kind of like choosing between jumping out of a burning building. It's like either you're gonna get burned alive from this slowly burned alive from like this 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 pain that's aching and mm-hmm. eating you alive. There was the shiny guy who committed suicide. Uh, he took his own life. Uh, 2017, um, he had uh, he's a he's a sh- uh, I think uh, Jung. Uh, I remember the Shining guy. Shiny. shiny. Oh, Shiny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Kim, Kim Jong Un. Yeah, Kim, yeah, 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 yeah. So he was one of the first. Yeah, he, he, yeah. That was 2017. Yeah, and he had left to know about like how this depression was eating him up inside, and mm-hmm. he and he lost. 
So he had to he did that. So I what I get from it is like sure, it's they there are victims in a way. At the same time, I'm like yeah, I, I I don't know. I can't really judge because I don't know what I we're, we're trying to conceptualize it, give some context to it. But the in like the modernity and the political mm-hmm. pressure and all that. But the actual choice to actually do it, you know, uh, and the pain that they're feeling, it's a very personal choice. It's a very painful thing. I I can only imagine. Uh, Dan and I have talked about this, uh, like because uh, I have my own depressive episodes. And so I, I can empathize in a way, but I can't empathize to that point of that choice yet. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think that part of the problem is there's just like a mental health stigma, right? It's sure. Like people, you're not supposed to have any weaknesses. Yeah. You're not supposed to be depressed. And yeah, that's, that's really common. It's like people don't know how to, they don't know how to acknowledge mental illness. Right. And right. they make it a bad thing if you say you are depressed, you right. know, or sad. So, which is kind of crazy because, like, if you have, like, if you break your arm, right, you're not going to say, oh, no, my arm's not broken. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not a, it's just a stigma. But mm. if you're emotionally, like, suffering, some people, a lot of people say, no, no problem. Nothing wrong. Right, right. And then there's not, then they don't have any coping mechanisms. So. And uh, I'm, I'm going to say it, and it's, I think it's, it's uh, suicide selfish. It's selfish thing because you're you're you you're suffering from pain, and then you take it, and but then it it causes a lot of trauma and pain to people around you, and to all your if you have fans, thousands of fans, and in some ways, let's be real, it may influence some some ideation in some of those fans or depression in some of those fans. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it's necessarily like you can help it. You know what I mean? It's like it just becomes so overwhelming. That there's no way you can you can see any other option as right. far as I from what I've read about it and yeah. what I've heard it's like it's you're just like so like in horrible horrible pain that you can't think of anything except just how to stop it in the best way you can right and so I mean I, and maybe you're not thinking rationally like how no it you're not thinking people, rationally yeah obviously yeah, yeah. but at the, so many and you know I mean they probably a lot of probably people think of it as just like self preservation it's like what can I do to like make it better. Dan, any thoughts on that, or is that that's too dark? <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah, I, no thoughts really. Never yeah, really I mean, I don't feel like I, I have an egg like can really speak authoritatively on that. Yeah, so, yeah. I I just think yeah, I I have empathy for them. I feel mm-hmm. terribly sad for for what they, their their choice or. That what they felt was their choice, you know that. Yeah. Um, and and right now we're trying to break down like some of the pressures that push them to yeah. that choice, which I think is great. It's like it helps us. We're kind of like scientists trying, to, you know, how can we like be better people, and also understanding that people who are public figures mm-hmm. are humans as well. You know, that's and this the the mental health stigma. Uh, I think. Yeah, it's just. It's, hmm, I, what, what was it? Yeah, I, I do think that it has led to more conversations mm-hmm. about mental health. That's, I think, a, a plus about, uh, even when it, with Bourdain happening and mm-hmm. Kate Spade, and then with these recent ones with Guhara, mm-hmm. uh, I, I do think it has pushed that conversation in, uh, particularly in K-pop mm-hmm. entertainment, like, oh, mental health. But I think it, at large, like, Maybe 
we do have to look at mental health in like like how can we survive as these humans in this kind of machine you know well, you know, okay, so you know that song I sent you, right? Jellyfish? See, yeah, Sea and Blue, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's depressing totally, lyrics. Yeah. It's totally, to me, is really great because it does express that, like, ambiguity where you want to, like, I mean, if you're an artist, right, you want to make art, right? You want to create stuff and you see that you have the possibility of doing that, right? You can make, like, this beautiful art. But at the same time, there's all these prices you have to pay, right? right? And part of the price is maybe you lose your, like, integrity or you're, like, get all this pressure or you get. You know, it's like, like what is it they say? It's like these shining things that are hiding poison. Right, like these right, These beautiful right. things that you think you can achieve that are also super dangerous. When did he write that? It was a more, re uh, more recent one? Or he was that, that after the suicide? Or no, after? so Young Law wrote that. I don't know when he wrote it, but he recorded it this past summer. Oh. Last two summers ago. And he had, at that time, gone through himself, gone through a couple really huge scandals in Korea. Oh, that right. both of which he was proven innocent for, but nonetheless he like got shit on. Yeah, like, totally. Dressed. It's like once you get accused, you're like, yeah, you yeah. Get and so on. Yeah. he's talking about this idea because he's super popular, right? Super successful. And so he's saying, well, you know, I mean, I can do all these great things. I can be super successful and popular, but at the same time, it's like I gotta watch out because this is also really dangerous because uh, it's gonna like wreck me and it's gonna wreck my family and it's gonna wreck my friends and it's gonna wreck my integrity. Right. And so. That's what's really interesting about that song is that it really has it really kind of expresses that in a really cool way. Yeah, it's like you, know, you think that you're you have a lot of really good intentions, but you're kind of seduced along the way by a lot of things that are not so positive. Mm -hmm. you know? And then also people are like uh, shady. You got these shady people yeah, you're dealing yeah, with, yeah. so you now you like have to deal with the shady people. So it's like all these landmines, you know. Mm. And so, you know, I mean, you say, why do these people, why, if, you know, I lost, it's one of the criticisms I've heard is like, if people don't want to be entertainers, you know, if they want to be entertainers, they should know that this is part of the life is they have to deal with all this criticism and all this stuff. But again, you know, I mean, if you're 12 years old and yeah. someone says to you, hey, you can be a superstar. Yeah, yeah. You make can, lots of money. You can make a lot yeah, of money yeah. and you get to dance and sing. And Which you, is kind of like not true if you look at all the hours they spend. Yeah. Like, the and, yeah, yeah the but you're 12. You're 12, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? You're 12, you're 14, whatever. And you say, okay, yeah, that sounds really cool. I'll do that. And then, you know, you're locked in this life down the line. And it's like all of a sudden, whoa, wait a sec. This is not what I signed up for. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard. It's a really, really hard thing. Because you think you're going to be, your life will be perfect. And it's not. And I think that's may also one of the main things, too, is you think your life will be better. Once you're rich and famous. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not. And I think that speaks to a, a bigger thing, not just to Korea, but this, this kind of obsession of comparing. Like, oh, yeah. oh they're happy. They're, they're super famous. Yeah. They have a million, you know, over 10 million followers. Yeah. Um, if I get that, maybe I'll be happy, you know, yeah. or something like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, K-pop, ha they, they have it down to a very nice aesthetic yeah. and music. And it... This idea of beauty that's like seems super hard to reach, or if not yeah. impossible for some for some people, like. Uh, but at the same time, like, they have some they have some fire songs, you know, <laughs> like they yeah. have some good they have some bop, you know, some bangers. But and, you know, I mean, you guys live in L.A., right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, occasionally you run across like regular people walking around and who are like actors and famous people, right? Sure. And they don't yeah. have any makeup on and stuff. 
And just think if you want to go to like the store and buy something and you don't have to put on your face, you don't have to put on makeup, you don't have to put on fancy clothes, just go to the store, right? But if they go to the store and they don't have their makeup on and then all of a sudden like someone from like some tabloid sees Paparazzi, them, yeah. like TMZ or something and they take a picture of them, then it's like, it becomes like this big old headline and it blows up and it's like, man, look how ugly this person is without their makeup. Right, yeah, yeah, Look yeah, how yeah. fat they are. Look how yeah. slobby they are. So, I mean, the pressures of being a famous person, it's not so good. And I'm, again, I'm not saying it's like worse than being a coal miner or, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> being yeah, a yeah, mailman, yeah. but it's not, you know. It's you a different to, set of pressures. It's a different yeah, set of pressures. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, yeah. I try to, I try to be a little sympathetic with... With rich people or famous people, well, not rich people, but famous, <laughs> but famous people if I can, because you know, I mean, some of their lives are, are not happy. Yeah. But again, some of their lives are super happy, and maybe they're just lying and they pretend that they're not. I no, I, I do think that there are there are some people who balance it. There's like Tableau yeah. from Epic High. He mentioned suffering. He's yeah. he's he's he graduated from Stanford. Yeah. He's a he had it really American. hard. And like people were like, oh, there was like a Stanford gate. Like, hey, I want to see if you really graduate from Stanford. They were like, that was a big deal. He got yeah. totally dragged, I and mean, he had little, really bad mental problems. Yeah, he has depression. He was super yeah. depressed. Uh, yeah. But it seems that he's come out the other side and been. Yeah. He he recognizes like recognizes like, hey, maybe I'll always have a little bit of depression, but at least I have some perspective about it. Or you know, yeah. like. Uh, and one of the comments I see is is like. Two comments, two types of comments I see is like, oh, I'm 16, I'm looking at this, what am I doing with my life? You know, like, or I'm, I'm 15, look at this person, super famous, or I'm only, tw I'm 20, what am I doing with my life? And I think, uh, I, w I would say like, you know what, you don't see the sacrifices these people have made and the, and the pressures or, the, or the, the issues, the dieting. The yeah. constant like weight management or like belittling from certain managers. So I would say like, yeah, for those young people who idolize these idols, <laughs> maybe there's some costs that you don't see and, and yeah. that maybe it's not as glamorous as you think. Um, and another comment I commonly see is like for these people who have passed recently, it's like, oh, I hope you're in a better place and stuff like that, which is, I think it's a nice thought. Uh, but I, I do, I think there's a danger for me personally, because I'm, I'm more on the agnostic side is that... Maybe there's it's just nothing. There's no life, there's no afterlife. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe yeah. that choice of nothingness of this was in their mind. I would say, and I would say in, in in a faulty way because they were not in the right mind state. Better than than the pain they were enduring, and I want to say like, I don't think suicide is ever a normalized option. Is is ever a, a good option unless you are suffering from some some very severe terminal illness or some if you're in, but the thing is like in there if if we say that depression is an illness like yeah they were in tremendous pain and and the the fact of like choosing nothingness or bis because that idea like oh there's a better place I I don't think that should ever be <laughs> a a reason for kind of making that's the in the the most permanent permanent so you, of choices. So you don't think people are going up to, to heaven with the uh, with Jesus with, with or, the, or the, the, the virgin. virgins. Yeah, I mean <laughs> here's what I believe. There may be some sort of energy some, something that exists afterwards. But think about this. Everything that you've experienced in this life, in this plane of existence, all the happiness, all the things that you are your value system, what you, you hold dear Whatever plane of existence exists after this, there's that that stuff does does not make any sense. 
So we're getting some some like theoretical shit here that I don't even know how I can comment on that. That's that's my that's my shit. I'm trying to get out. All there. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. Anyways, uh, let's let's wrap it up. It's we're getting about an hour and a half. Dan, any last any last thoughts? Yeah. Well, I don't uh, know. Yeah. What? Nope, <laughs> not on this topic. Yeah, not on this yeah. specific topic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, about any, any last topics? Maybe I don't know about uh, K-pop, about your 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 movie, about Asian American identity. I mean, any, oh, anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to plug? Yeah. Oh well, I mean, you definitely need to go see my movie. Yeah, check out her movie. Yeah. So the website is www.loveboattaiwan. Oh no, loveboat Taiwan. Oh shit, what is it? Loveboat. Where's hyphen, the jacket? Yeah. Loveboat hyphen dot. Ivan.com. Love it. have like a little. Yeah, there. Right? Well, we have a link below, or you just just Google Valerie Love Boat. It's gonna pop up. Yeah. 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 And I watch it. Great, great film. I think you did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Kind of, kind of tying these things of like soft power, as well as like the also the personal element of like being a kid, and and finding. Finding love, maybe yeah. not, but yeah, yeah. And I thought it was a very balanced for you. Yeah, yeah. Do you have an idea of what you're gonna, what you're gonna film next? You know, I mean, I tell people that I like am still recover in recovery from the crowdfunding trauma. So <laughs> <laughs> James knows what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. I feel you. So I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of like writing, letting this screen for a while because I mean, it's fun. It's really fun to go show it in festivals and yeah. so forth because a lot of people who can't come to the screening went on the trip and so they're super into it. Yeah. So it's like okay. these impromptu reunions every time. Oh. And then they all come up and talk to me and tell me about like their little adventures on the love boat and who they married and who they slept oh, wow. with. It's like, oh, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for sharing. So, yeah. yeah. So, it's an interesting cultural phenomenon. Do you, do, and do you think that in some way, uh, yeah, I, I wonder what kind of, uh, what kind of, what kind of landmarks like, like kind of like cultural landmarks of connecting with Asia we have now because the love boat is not in the state uh, that we, yeah. it used to be. So I, I'm trying like, I guess Korea has a similar program. Yeah. I don't know if that exists anymore, does it? I don't know, but yeah. I know that uh, the people who go, they actually make longer lifelong friendships. I know yeah. like oh. a couple of people who like stay in touch. and. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't people. myself, but a lot of people who went on love boat did still get, they still hang out. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or they get married. You know, <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess maybe the like the the miniature version of where you don't have to go all the way to Taiwan is kind of like kind of these Asian American clubs and of like connecting with other Asian Americans. Yeah. And I, I do think we're in this. I think we're in the stage now where like I, a friend was telling me how she saw some. You know, I think uh, her friend's kid or something was like brought like a rice ball to school you know mm -hmm. and like all the kids were like oh let me try that i'm gonna see that right yeah. that kind of like the stinky lunch like right. genre like but you know like, that's kind of like the the trauma a lot of asian americans yeah. grew up with is like oh you have a stinky lunch you you dirty asian right well actually you know that's very true because my kids had that kind of same thing when they were um in elementary school they went to um a spanish immersion school so a lot of kids were latino right okay and one of the favorite things that they would bring in their lunchbox were those little seaweed, crispy seaweed sheets. Yeah, like, those are great. All the kids love them. And it's like, wow, that is so cool. Because, yeah, back in the day, like, I had that horrible, stinky lunchbox experience. And I was totally traumatized. But now it's, like, so cool to have, like, the seaweed. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I want to say there's, like, some connection here to BTS. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then... 
which is cool. I mean, not only BTS, but just you know. And they're they're huge in Spanish speaking countries. Oh, I don't that's know. True I don't too. know why. Yeah. Like freaking yeah. South America, Mexico love them. They I love K-pop. Yeah. Love K-pop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I think, I mean, in my most optimistic time, I think that maybe because we're getting more tolerant and more interested in other cultures in this country, especially, and not thinking we only have to be one way, right? Only have to be like European centric. Sure. You know, we can speak different languages. We can eat like seaweed. We can listen to music from Asia. We can go, you know, Bong Joon-ho can get nominated and win the best picture award, which he's going to do. Um, <laughs> we'll see when this airs, but yeah, yeah. We're yeah. all going to learn to read subtitles. Yeah. The one inch barrier. The one it's inch not a barrier. barrier. Yeah, it's not a barrier. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. I think that, I think that, you know, part of it is because there's so many immigrants coming to this country. So yeah, go immigrants. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So we wrap it up with uh, a language corner. That's our last piece of the episode. Uh, I have one I'll start it off with. Uh-oh. Basically, language corner. Uh, so one I have is called Sisung uh, Fan or Sasung Pan. Sasung Pan means basically in English we would like say a stan, which is like stalker plus fan. So Stan, uh, it literally means uh, in Chinese, like the Hanja or the Chinese characters for it would be Sisung, which means private life, and then Fan, which is just they just use the word fan, and they use a Chinese character Sisung Sisung Fan, which literally means private life fan. Or in in, in uh, Hangul, it'd be Sasung Sasing Sasing Pan. I don't speak Korean, but I think that's how you pronounce it. But basically. It's a person who's a fan of a of a idol or it's specific to K-pop where someone is interested in a star a, a artist's life, private life. So there's an incident for BTS where like fans would figure out their plane itinerary. Yeah, that's current. <laughs> that's common on all of the idols. Yeah. Like they sell them on the internet. So they find out when a yeah. an idol or like a specific singer is going on a plane for a tour, and then the fan would buy a ticket next to that yeah. singer. <laughs> they do that. I've heard that. And and uh, there's but, a lot of. But they actually go to their houses sometimes. Yeah. yeah like, um, yeah. There's there's incidents where they follow them into their houses or hide in their closets and shit. <laughs> and like yeah. for the boy groups I think it's like the the female fans are kind of on the create yeah that seems that one way one of the I don't know which group it was one fan sent a note a love net letter that was written in her menstrual blood yeah I want to say it's either Super Junior or TV, TV uh, I want to say it was I think uh, XO I, I think it was XO maybe XO. I, I think I just read that are yeah, we gonna yeah, look yeah, it up yeah okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, oops. Oh wait, I I think yeah. Anyways, um, it's some weird stuff. Like uh, like there was one where I they had for I think it was ex. Uh, there was like they had a van. The the fans had rented a van that was identical to their to their own to the the the, the group's band, uh, the group's van, van. So they uh, they were trying to kidnap the group, you know. Uh, that was for uh, let's see, I want to say which group was that? 
Oh, there's like BTS airport grab. Like, like they were trying to. Uh... Oh no, no, that's a different one. Uh, let's see. <laughs> well, if we get the idea that there are many of these incidences that happen. Yeah, XO was attempted kidnapping, and then there was the uh, the blood one. Is, oh, there uh, it is. Oh, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Okay, yeah. Tacky. Yeah, I think I want to say the people who hid in the closet were seeing blue. They were in their closet in their house, and they popped up. These two I, do you think that all these issues with the, the K-pop scene and the pressures and all that is real estate related? Because where are they going to go? It's only Seoul, South Korea. Whereas like the U.S. has like L.A., New York. You can like go live in San Francisco. Where Korea is like South Korea. The main city is like the main city. There's like nowhere else to go. Yeah, well, and there's this... The thing is, like, no, there's like groups like BTS. They're so huge that these kind of things happen in different countries, though, too. Like in right. Indonesia, like yeah. there were fans like literally grabbing them and trying to like. But that happens. All that, that happens, happens like everywhere. The, that happens yeah. to all the groups. It's not just BTS. Right, and it happens it totally to like happens to everyone. To like Justin Bieber too, to, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, like there, yeah, there's been a lot. Of, I mean, this is happening for years and years. Right, but it's it's just it's just like. I don't know. Yeah, I I'm not, I gotta say like the Sasang thing is, it's the, like, like like pe- like this is a story. Like they'll buy a, they'll try to buy a house next to that per that that stars. Like like where do you have the money? Where do you have the time to like invest in like property next to your star? Well, like, wasn't wasn't I mean doesn't this like happen like there was? Uh, it seems like um, I'm gonna say I don't know who it was recently. There was somebody. It wasn't Taylor Swift. It was somebody like that where they they threw some dude in jail for like. Lib- breaking into their house right okay yeah. who was that fuck there are a lot of those yeah yeah, yeah 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 okay i guess yeah. so you're the point you're making is that it's not isolated just to korea and we shouldn't just blame well korea. no i mean i think it definitely happens a lot in korea but it's not yeah korea. yeah i would say like so I mean, when you say it like it happens a lot in korea is i mean it goes back to my question is it real estate related it's like all they have like that one major city versus like the u.s has a, several major cities where there are stars and what do you mean real like, estate related <laughs> geography maybe geography related because it's like what i mean by that is like south korea is like just basically seoul is their main city well right? there's pusan yeah yeah, the, yeah which is but, like another major city uh, yeah. yeah but i mean how many people are in south korea in seoul i mean versus- like that's where i guess what you're saying that's where the, all the co- major companies are right and then that's yeah, where they all have all to focus so it's kind of like that's their LA, that's their Hollywood, but like and it's in a smaller like geography, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess your argument you're saying is like, oh, it's easier access to these celebrities, oh. right? Yeah, because-, because you can actually see them more often. Whereas, like, if you are a fan of Justin Bieber, you have to be closer to LA. You have to be in Calabasas. Right. <laughs> is that where he lives? Well, Somewhere I think like Kanye, yeah, he has like, he's like, he's like, he's got some property and doing stuff out there. Um, anyways, any, anyway. any, uh, language corner, Dan, that you have? No, any, not uh, today. Yeah. Any, any phrase or basically it's like a, a cultural phrase from either a language you're learning or, or, uh, or, uh, so, so I use a Korean word. Right. Um, but yeah, any term, like, are you learning Mandarin right now? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I've been learning Mandarin for like eight years, but I'm really terrible at it. 
But there was one term I did learn when I was shooting um, Love Boat, which I thought was really cool, and I was going to name my production company this. And it's Local Snake. Have you ever heard this term, Local Snake? I have the character somewhere. Oh. So Local Snake, it means like the boss of that block. <laughs> so if you are like, like we were saying, my, my uh, crew would always say, okay, we're going to go to this noodle place because... Because this crew member is the local snake here, and they know which is the best noodle place. Wait, how do you say in Chinese? I don't know. I have it written down. I mean, it's literally, you could just, it's local snake. Yeah. Local snake. <laughs> local snake, but this, uh, or like, uh, a local... Uh, I can send it to you, and you can look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I wrote yeah. it down, because I thought it was so funny. That's... But it's like, it's like, a, it's like it means you're the boss, you're the gang boss of this tiny, tiny little place. You're, you're like world. the fixer of that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, like yeah. the king of the block. Local snake. <laughs> Local snake, okay. It's just giving me pictures of yeah, local snakes. Right. Yeah. I, have, I asked her. I, I probably have it. Like, oh wait, let me. Look. Do you want me to look really? Let's see. Local snake. I love Hong. that term. Wait, no way. No, that's that's. Anyways. No, I'll find it for you. If you want. Okay, sure. A, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the chat that I have. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Local snake. Yeah. So we would always say that it's like you're the local snake. You're the local snake. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think I've heard that one. I think I've heard of a bunch of. There's a lot. Of, Taiwan's interesting because it has the Hokkien and it has uh, Hakka. the Hakka, all these different the languages. Indigenous languages. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that goes back to that our talk about China and Taiwan. Like, sure, China's huge. There's a lot of local dialects there too. Right. But the, the Chinese identity and the Taiwanese identity is, is you know a little bit different. Ditoso. Dito, di means uh, like uh, land, to means like head, se. So when you say dito, it's like you're the head of that land, snake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> dito, se. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so she explains it. Uh, nice. Yeah, okay. local snake. You're the local snake. All right. Well, thank you so much, Val. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. I think I, thank you, Dan. Thank you. All right, have a good night. All right. Good night. Bye. <laughs>